Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Game week for Michigan football is finally here with the Wolverines set to visit Minnesota to open the season. We break down what should be an exciting matchup and share our predictions, not just for the game, but the entire season. There's a lot to talk about, and it's all coming up right here on the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. All right, guys, good to see you. Game week. Here we go. Finally. It's finally here. That was a theme from the players and kind of the, the coaches to a certain extent too this week. I mean, I'm sure that's the case kind of all around the Big Ten. It's been a long wait. There was, you know, an initial schedule. Remember, they were going to go to Washington week one. Then that was scrapped. Here's a new Big Ten schedule. A few days later, nah, not going to do that. Nothing. And then, you know, it's been, it was, it was salvaged last month. Um, and, and here we go with, uh, here october 23rd friday will be the the first game with wisconsin and illinois kicking off and then you know a full slate of, uh, of the rest of the games on uh on saturday i want to start with I, I cannot believe that we haven't discussed this you know on on any of our other chats uh, you know the texts whatever our season predictions you know aaron compiled a post with all of us we we sent them to aaron separately I guess he got to see his, our picks. Maybe, Aaron, you saw ours before you wrote yours, but you probably already had yours written anyway. I did not have it written, but I, I had it in my head what I was going to do. Like okay. I, I knew, I had, my, I had the record in my head. Okay. We all went with five and three, all three of us. Okay. And not just that, but Zook, you were a little vague towards the end about as far as how you saw like specific games playing out, but we pretty much even agreed on what those five wins would be, what those three losses would be. Just incredibly boring. I'm disappointed. Watch us be all completely wrong. Watch Michigan like go eight and zero. Oh, it is twenty twenty, so I guess you never really play. know. But I don't see that happening. Well, I mean, if you want to kind of get into that, we kind of all, uh, you know, lean towards a, a loss in this opener. Um, you know, Michigan is a favorite. All you know, viewed a, a loss to to end the season and the regular season at least uh, against Ohio State. So that's how you get two, and then. We all kind of mentioned specifically Penn State, Wisconsin, and even Indiana as like the trickier ones. And uh, Aaron and I, I think, specifically said uh, Penn State actually would be would be the loss, and, and Wisconsin would be the win. Ryan, you just said kind of two and two in that quartet of games with with uh, I think you even threw Minnesota in there. Basically. Yeah, Minnesota, yes. Wisconsin, um, Penn State, and Indiana. Yeah, there you go. But I, I don't like predicting games weeks in advance because well, you just sure. don't know what's going to happen. So I'm like, Understood. I figured, right. Right. yeah. So I figured there's, I gave myself a little bit of wiggle room. All right. Yeah. Well, let's be yeah. honest here. There's also, I mean, more than a small chance of uh, some of those games not even happening. We, we've said this from the start. Big 10 didn't work in any extra weeks. It's, it's nine games in nine weeks. If you know, you count that, that championship week. Yeah, with no with no room for if, if games get canceled because of, you know, COVID outbreaks, which we've seen, you know, in other conferences. So I think it's, yeah, it's very wishful thinking. It's hopeful to think that they'll actually get through this. Yeah, to go off that point, I've been really taken aback the last few weeks by Michigan's coaches and how, how concerned they are about the COVID outbreaks. I mean, I think last week we spoke to Sean Nua, and I think that's what he said one of his biggest concerns was them getting through the weeks healthy and, and fine. Uh, often we, we know offensive line coach and Warner's done a good job of breaking up his groups. He's got potential starters in two different rooms for meetings. So in case one room gets 
you know, struck by COVID, he feels like they're fine from a, from at least a starter perspective. Um, but then Jim Harbaugh said the same thing when he was asked about starters this week. He, you know, he kind of hinted that Joe Mitchell was the start quarterback, but there's always been this caveat of he's a, he's a that's the plan. But if he goes down, if he tests positive, then we you know then Cade McNamara's next up. So they're they're clearly concerned about it, and, and I think they're seeing around the country that what's happening with some of these other teams being you know one week Virginia Tech had lost what like 30, 35 players. And, and you're seeing a lot of these, these some of some of these teams, uh, you know, get hit considerably. They have to prepare in case that were to happen. Now, and Jim Harbaugh mentioned that, you know, that and Josh Gass, like I said, the same thing. Not only are they trying to get their starters ready to go, but then it's the backups and the, and the third string guys. So it's going to be a weird season. And I think in my predictions, and that goes, to the, I think your point, right? It's hard to predict this stuff week to week, let alone what's going on with coronavirus, because one week. You know, Michigan may be fine, but then three weeks down the road from now, who knows, you know, if Joe Milton goes down with coronavirus or Jalen Mayfield and Ryan Hayes go down, I mean, it's going to change everything. And, and there was P.J. Fleck this week, too, kind of throwing out a, a cryptic cryptic message about Minnesota's COVID numbers saying, yeah, I know the number of how many cases we have, and it could be zero, but he kind of hinted at um, Minnesota might be battle, or combating some some COVID infections themselves, too. So we don't even know if – if Minnesota will be at full strength on, on Saturday either. So it's going to be certainly a weird season, but it's college football nonetheless. And, and we have some games to, to talk and write about. So that's, that's one good sign. When I was making my season prediction, you know, I, I tend, Michigan tends to play. One of the things I kept in mind, Michigan tends to play well at home against competition. That's kind of seen as similar. You know, they tend to play well at home against Wisconsin. They tend mm-hmm. to play, play well at home against Penn state. Um, so I think that came into factor. Now the issue is this year, at least in the Big Ten, fans aren't going to go on the stand. So I think that home field advantage, I think, is lessened. Um, I, I do think there's something to having to travel to a stadium away from you and spending the night not in your bed in a hotel room and having to go through all that. I think there's something there, but I don't think it's as great as it was in, in years ago. You know, uh, you know, uh, the other day, Urban Meyer made the great point. He was talking about, you know, Ohio State and, and their potential challengers in the Big Ten. Well, this year Ohio State's supposed to go to Penn State and play, in, in, you know, a potential or a night game in Happy Valley. That would have been a big deal under normal normal circumstances. But now it's it's going to be quiet. It's not going to be a whiteout. Like the fans won't matter. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in a lot of these games, from a pure football standpoint, without the fans, right, they were going to find out, you know, obviously who 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 the better teams really are on the field. You know, meanwhile you've got the uh, you know county health department here. Uh, issuing a stay-at-home order for University of Michigan students, kind of shutting down the campus. Of course, it does not apply to, you know, athletes. And, and they can, you know, the, they're going to continue on to practice and, and we'll travel to Minnesota for this game. We don't need to spend too much time on this, but I don't know. The cynic in me right away was like, all right, like this is just, if there was any doubt about like, you know, what these student athletes are, like now, now we're seeing that they're exempt. The other part of me realizes like it's probably, a, you know, an attempt to, curtail big parties it's for two weeks which of course the last through next weekend which is halloween and michigan state coming to town like it's probably more about that than than anything else so uh you know the fact that the team is allowed to continue to play is fine i mean maybe sports shouldn't be happening at all but that's a completely different debate in talking to some folks and it was kind of spelled out in the washington county health department's you know, uh, executive order that they released out, but they, they seem pretty comfortable with the protocols and the policies of the Big Ten, you mm-hmm. know, the daily testing and the contact tracing and everything that they're kind of doing. So I, I, they're kind of letting, like, they're kind of letting football teams and athletic teams kind of fend for themselves in some regard. But I think it also, I think 
uh, speaks to their comfort level of, of what they're what they've been able to do. Michigan's athletic department hasn't been perfect when it comes to testing. They they've had a couple of rough weeks, but by and large they've been pretty good, and they've been able to kind of curtail any outbreaks. We'll, we'll see if that continues. Um, I don't think think it's going to affect much because I think these players are, are you know at least from the football perspective they've, they've kind of it's been kind of instilled in them that hey you go to the facility you go home you don't do anything else because otherwise you risk not only you know not playing for the next three weeks you risk this team not playing so I don't think it's going to make much of a difference but yeah it does speak to I think the, the difference in, in maybe perhaps priorities but I, I think by and large I think most people are going to be happy that football is still going to be able to you know get played. I will say one thing. It is going to be strange, assuming hopefully two of us will be allowed inside the stadium to, to cover uh, Saturday, or the, the game against our home games this year. But it's going to be it's going to be strange walking into that stadium and not surrounded by people tailgating or people walking by in their, their maize and blue and just watching the game in an empty, empty stadium that typically holds over 100,000 people. That it's, it'll, it'll be it'll be strange for sure. Hopefully two of us get to go. Yeah. And which two, Ryan? I mean, what, what kind of thing is that to say? It's just very upsetting. Uh, okay, so we've got uh, we've got Michigan at Minnesota here. Uh, primetime matchup. 7.30 is like the kickoff time. You know, you, 7.44 p.m. Yes, I was going to say 7.30 exactly. is like the start time you're seeing, you know, on, on but yeah, 7.44 for actual kickoff. In case, you know, I don't know, you're still eating your dinner, putting your kids to bed or something. You got a little extra time there. Yeah, I mean, what do we what do we make of this game? It seems like we but we did all kind of lean towards a loss, and yet Michigan is actually favored, uh, you know, by a field goal in this game. I guess I'll I'll just I'll just say this to, to set it up and then pass it to you guys. I think when you cover a team, sometimes I don't know. Some people might think there's like that familiarity, and then that you, you kind of lean on that, and that maybe makes you you pick them more than you would. But I, I think more often than not, it can work the other way too, where it's like. You really know the team, you know, their weaknesses, you know, and it can almost make you undervalue them at times. You know, I like to think where we find that middle ground and we're accurate, but especially in these, these COVID times, it's, it's just really hard, hard to say. So I'll just, I'll just preface it by saying a lean towards a loss. It would not surprise me at all if Michigan wins this game. I think it's, I think it's a, maybe close to a, to a toss up. And I guess just the fact that it's on the, on the road is kind of what, you know, pushed me in the other direction, but it could go either way. No, you're right. It was it was a tough pick for me. You know, I've I've submitted my picks to several people now, and I'm going with Minnesota by four, thirty-one twenty-seven. But you're, I'm with you. I think it could go either way. Um, now, I will say, when the line first came out over the weekend, I was I happened to be coming back from from Wisconsin, and I happened to stop at a casino, and the line at that point was Minnesota plus one and a half, or excuse me, minus one and a half. So okay, Minnesota was favorite. very mm-hmm. early on. Money apparently came in and shifted it quickly. Um, as it does with Michigan games, but I think that just goes to, goes to show. I think this game is going to be a close one. It can probably come down to the wire, perhaps the final possession. My my thing is, I, I just there's so many unknowns about this Michigan team to kind of have a handle on it. Um, we we know what Michigan or Minnesota's offense can do. They're good. They got Big Ten receiver of the year back. They got their starting quarterback back. And there's just so many question marks in Michigan's defensive backfield that I I think Minnesota isn't going to have much trouble scoring the football. The question to me is whether Michigan's offense, which we don't know a ton about, will be able to keep up. And that's where I'm, I'm concerned about. You know, and not only that, but going back, and I wrote about it earlier this weekend on live.com, but Michigan under Jim Harbaugh hasn't played very well week one historically whether they're supposed to be, have a good team or not. They, they tend to t- turn the football over a couple of times at least. They, they tend to get penalized heavily. Um, and I would not surprise me, given the long layoff this offseason, 
between not having spring practice and being late to start start up your camp and everything else that they're not, not exactly crisp. Now, that's mm-hmm. not to say Minnesota probably won't be either. I, mm-hmm. I think there'll be issues on both sides. Um, but I think as we've seen early in the college football season so far, these games tend to be shootouts. They tend to go, you know, they, they've gone over the projected point totals. And if that's the case on Saturday, which I think it will, I think that favors Minnesota. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there, Aaron. I mean, if, if you look at the biggest unknowns for each team, I mean, Minnesota has the returning all Big Ten quarterback. They have the 2019 Big Ten receiver uh, of the year in, in Rashad Bateman, and they have an offensive line. All five starters are back this year. So, I mean, that I think that is just crucial in in, in an opening game with in an offseason with, with so much uncertainty. I don't know if, if Mission's defense, especially with replacing two corner starting cornerbacks from last year, if they're going to have uh, enough to, to slow down this Minnesota offense. And will, will Joe Milton and, and a revamped offensive line with with a bunch of receivers that haven't really had their chance to, to break out yet, will they be able to keep up offensively? I, I don't think they will. I think they'll score 28, 30 points, but I don't think it'll, it'll be enough to, to win the game. And I, I have Minnesota winning 31 to 30. Very similar prediction there yeah. to Darren. I mean, yeah, go ahead. On that point, too, the defense, you know, Minnesota – tends to deploy a four two five. They like playing five with five defensive backs. And, and I, I kind of came across this as I was, I was, I had a conversation earlier this week with the Minnesota uh, beat writer for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, but four of their five starring defensive backs are all seniors. So they're an experience, including Benjamin St. Juice for a Michigan player. Uh, they, they've got, they've got some talented experienced guys in the backfield. Uh, so I think they're going to try and make things difficult for Michigan's receivers and, and Joe Milton. They may not get a ton of pressure up front, uh, they, they did lose their their, their all Big Ten linebacker Carter Coughlin this this past season, um, but I, I think from a from a pass game perspective, I think Minnesota's going to be fine. And if Michigan does win this game, they're going to have to do it on the ground. Now, could they? Absolutely. I mean, they got an experienced uh, running back group back. Jim Harbaugh is very happy with what he's seen so, so far. It's deep. Uh, they they can do different things with it. Um, but I, I think where, where many of us are wanting to see Joe Milton throw the football. That may be difficult to do on Saturday, and if, and if it is, uh, it's going to make Michigan a very one-dimensional team, and and that's going to again make things more difficult for them. And what's that weather looking like on Saturday, Aaron? Cold and potentially snow. <laughs> I, I was looking at the other uh, this morning. In fact, there's potential for an in, up to an inch of snow on Saturday night in Minneapolis. So the weather isn't going to help the passing game either. Now that that could go, you know, that could work against Minnesota as well. I mean, that would go both ways. Uh, but again, I'm going to go with the more experienced offense here in in week one. Of a, of a long way off. And that's no game why, to open up the season. Yeah, that that's why Joe, part of the reason Joe Milton came to Michigan, I heard him say in an interview, is he wanted, you know, to experience that snow now instead of, you know, when he got to the NFL potentially. Um, but yeah, I mean that, you know, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, um, you know, that, that matchup against, against Michigan will be one to watch for sure. If you were kind of wondering, all right, how's Michigan going to play this? Well, you know, if they move him around, will it be different players defending him or, or, or what, you know, Brad Hawkins said, you know, Michigan safety said, said the other day earlier this week that, you know, that will fall on Vincent Gray. <laughs> um, that'll be his kind of responsibility one-on-one, um, which isn't a, a surprise to hear that, but I guess he just kind of confirmed it. So yeah, that is absolutely like, like a matchup to watch, uh, you know, either you can, can speak on that more or, you know, give me another player or matchup that, you know, you're looking and looking forward to on either side of the ball in, in, in the opener. You know, that, that's a good point. I mean, 
Bateman led the Big Ten last year in 20, with 20.3 yards reception uh, or yards per reception. So, I mean, he is, he is a big play threat. And as we know, Michigan can, can be, tend to give up their, those big plays, especially when they're, when they're playing man-to-man like Don Brown loves to do. Um, so if it is up to Vincent Gray to, to handle Bateman one-on-one, uh, it, it could be, there could be some big plays against. I think you're going to need to give him some safety help. Or, or give them some sort of help there um, just to, to limit those big plays again. So we, we will see. Something tells me Michigan's not going to play man-to-man with him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Vincent Gray will be his primary – that will be his primary assignment. Um, but I, I suspect you're going to see Dax Till come over there, perhaps Brad Hawkins. You're going to see some some double teams and some help. Perhaps Michigan try, plays with five defensive backs like we've talked about in the past. Uh, they're going to have to do some things to keep him in check. And if they, if they can, I mean, I think that will certainly help them. But there, I, I, to expect, I think Vincent Gray go one on one with him. I think it's going to be, I think it's unrealistic, especially week one. I, for Minnesota, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see if they can get a second receiver um, involved because last year they they had that they had a second they had two you know star receivers as we all know. Now they do have a returner returner coming back, Chris Autumn Bell. Um, he he had I think 350 yards receiving last year, so he was involved, but he wasn't entirely a you know a, a top option. So Minnesota to try and you know get some pressure off Bateman, I think they're going to try and go to him too, um, which would fall on presumably the second quarterback. We don't know who that's going to be. Maybe Jamon Green, maybe DJ Turner. But if Michigan, I'm sorry, if Minnesota can get the passing game going early on, I think it's going to be a long night for Michigan's secondary. Now from Michigan's perspective. I'm curious on Chris Evans. We've talked about him a lot this offseason. He's back. It's his senior season. It sounds like he's back in playing game shape. Obviously, he'll probably get some carries. We'll see how many. But I'm more I'm more interested in seeing him in the passing game. If they can get him out on the block, out, out in open space, and make him work, he could be an interesting weapon for Michigan's offense. He's experienced. He, he can break tackles. He's got some, some speed and explosiveness. And perhaps when you have a group of young receivers like Michigan has, they're going to try and work in it and build and break in. Maybe you lean on that experience and Evans a little, a little bit more early on. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, I mean, Milton's like the obvious one because he's, you know, he plays quarterback. We haven't seen him much. You know, there's a boatload of potential there. You want to see it. I guess I'll just say more specifically, I guess, the, you know, the wide receivers, like how, how, how the group looks with no, like, kind of, you know, top dog, I guess, and no, you know, uh, true you know, number one receiver, you know, a bunch of slot guys. It's things we've talked about on this podcast, you know, for weeks, you know, without Nico Collins there and, you know, even Donovan Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black, guys who maybe weren't as productive at Michigan as you might have thought, but, you know, still those, you know, taller targets, you know, when it's just, when it's just a whole bunch of, uh, you know, slot guys, like how does, how does that look? I think it can work. I think it absolutely can work in the way, especially with the way, you know, modern college football, but it'll be interesting when you don't have, you know, that other guy that kind of demands attention and makes it maybe easier for everybody else, you know, how it actually, how it actually looks. It is kind of ironic that with, with how much has been made of Joe Millen's arm, that all the receivers are more like slack guys that could be used in, in um, kind of getting the ball out quickly at the line of scrimmage and screens and whatnot and reverses. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I don't, we don't know if, I mean, these guys could develop into deep ball threats, but at, at this point they haven't really shown it at the, at the college level. So we'll, we'll see if someone kind of steps up in, in that regard. And, and so we can see Milton air it out 70 yards, like Milton <laughs> said to, said to do in practice many times. That's a good point. And I think this was the game you really needed to someone like a Nico Collins, because obviously Nico's a deep ball threat, but we, I think he was really underrated in his ability to go, to go up and get footballs. He really dropped passes. If you threw it in his area, he would oftentimes go up and get it. And obviously his height played a factor there, 
whereas Michigan's, you know, quote unquote, number one this year. Well, um, while he had some big catches last year, he also had a lot of drops. He, he led the team in drops. He, again, I went over this a few weeks ago, he had one of the highest drop pass rate in the Big Ten on receivers last year. So he, he, he has shown an ability to, yes, make catches, but he also dropped a lot. So when, you, when you're trying to work in a new quarterback like Joe Milton, you need to get him comfortable early on. So I'm, I'm curious to see how Michigan does that, where they go, who they go to, um, because if things get wobbly early, uh, you know, look out. Yeah, we've kind of, and we've kind of jumped back offense, defense, you know, a lot here on this podcast. I blame myself, but I will, I will add this about you know Michigan's defense. You know, we've talked about uh, you know Minnesota's prolific offense and the passing attack and all that, and, and Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman. You know, all of that can be neutralized if you can get to the quarterback before you know these routes can develop. And you know, Michigan's got a pair of guys that can do that, and Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchinson. Um, so that can't be forgotten going into this game because, you know, any, any game plan and, you know, uh, you know, just drawing it up on paper might look great until, yeah, the, you know, quarterback's got guys in his face, you know, when he's dropping back to pass. So we'll see, you know, we'll see how that, that plays out as well. But uh, and that's going to be a goal. I mean, pay and Hutchinson have both talked about that. They're especially quitty. I mean, he's been working on his pass rushing moves, getting around defenders. So that they clearly is the, the, the goal, the, the objective this season. And I suspect it's going to be the, the case Saturday. Now Michigan doesn't have a Josh Uche type, um, but they're going to try and fill that gap with more of pay and, and Hutchinson. Um, and perhaps maybe, you know, Michael Baird or Baird or someone else. So it's, it, I'm, I'm curious to see how Michigan deploys a defensive line. They're, they're, you know, they're four, three front linebackers. And if they play, you know, they drop, especially the linebackers, they drop back and play more zone or they try and press the football a little bit more to try and get the, to um, Tanner Morgan before, uh, before he can get, get the passes out. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that's all we, we've got for this particular game, unless you guys have something else to add, but it is, it is big 10 opening week. You know, we'll be having uh you know, our picks against the point spread published on mlive.com here. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe today, Thursday or Friday. I don't know. Sometime I think they're up. No, oh, they're already, already. There you yeah, go. There you go. Um, okay. So yeah, if we, we don't need to, to run through them all, but you know, Aaron, you were saying maybe a, you know, uh, each, each of us give, yeah. a, give a, give a lock. I'll, I'll let you guys go, go first for the lock of the week in the big 10, take it to the bank. Yeah. We'll do it weekly here for during the big 10 season every week. One of the, we'll pick one of the big 10 games, Make with uh, obviously with, with the point spread involved, and we'll make it your lock of the week. We'll keep it running tally and see uh, see how we're doing, and maybe we can win our listeners some money too. Um, I'll <laughs> go first. I am going to. I'm going with this. Might be a surprise. Um, the, the line started the week. I think at plus twenty one. I'm going Illinois on the road in Madison right now. I think it's plus nineteen and a half. I checked the line this morning. They're getting nineteen and a half points. I think Illinois covers. It's it's week one of the Big Ten season. They're, yes, they're in Camp Randall, but there will be no fans. Wisconsin's without their starting quarterback, Jack Cohn. Illinois surprised some folks last year. They get you know quite a few pieces back on offense, including Brandon Peters um, at quarterback. They have a lot, they have a really experienced. I wouldn't say experienced, but they're they're old, they have an older defense. I think I don't think I don't think Illinois wins the football game, but I do think they keep it close, probably within two touchdowns. Lock it up, Illinois plus nineteen and a half against Wisconsin. I'll even give you the extra half a point because I think we have to just to make this kind of manageable. You know, remember your team, but we'll go by like the line that is like published on our site. Or I That's guess fine. plus twenty. I'm writing I'll it take down. twenty. But but um, I mean, obviously, if it's like a major swing from when we submitted our picks to now, then it makes a difference. But and of course, before this podcast, I showed some concern about how oh, what if we all had the same lock because you have it pretty obvious this week. And of course, I am taking Illinois plus twenty as well. As Aaron just said, I mean, 
Yeah, there's no Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin. There's they don't have their starting cornerback. And I mean, who knows? Brandon Peters fared pretty well last year for for Illinois and, and should be able to store enough points to to keep the game relatively close um, within at least a two and a half touchdowns. So I mean, Minnesota's up there too. It's is is a lock, potential lock with with giving Minnesota plus three was when when we picked. So I mean, that's another another potential right there. But yeah, I definitely liked Illinois at Wisconsin. Okay, so. I, I, okay. I haven't seen like the post yet, like I said, but on our site, but um, you know, our editor still, sh- you know, compiled all the picks and shared with us that Illinois was a consensus. So not just us three, but um, him, he's picking and our two, you know, Michigan state, you know, writers as well. So that's six people. So I'm very tempted to have my lock of the week now, even though I picked Illinois uh, in, in our, you know, with our group picks to say Wisconsin, because I just know how these things work. You know, six squares like us, you know, making these picks clearly <laughs> on the other side of the sharps saying that Wisconsin's the play. Uh, I guess I won't go that far. I'll pick a different game though. Cause there, there were several, several that I liked. There were some, some that I didn't, but we just had to kind of take a side, but I like Michigan state a lot. I liked Ohio state a lot. And I even liked Indiana. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think what is, what is what is the Michigan State Rutgers? Is it like thirteen? Michigan State minus had? thirteen. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I see. I don't think Michigan State's gonna. It's week one, new coach. I, I think I and I think I in our picks. I think I went with Rutgers in the points. I mean, Rutgers isn't gonna be great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, if you uh, can get the team on given less than two full touchdowns against Rutgers, I mean, it's not one of the you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like Rutgers typically against the Big Ten does not keep it even that close, especially. I mean, maybe True. against you know the Maryland's of the world. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's the one that I'm I'm tempted to go with. You're trying to steer me off of it now. Mm-hmm. That's my lock of the week. Uh, Got to be confident in your picks, man. It's yeah, to lay twice a lock. Yeah, to lay 26 points in the uh, the first game, you know, of the year seems a little tricky. But that's what I'm going to do. Ohio State. I'm giving 26 points to Nebraska. You know, two teams that really wanted football back. They were aligned. Scott Frost saying he's going to root for Ohio State and all the other games. That's fine. But I mean, I just think let's take a step back here. We got a team that, you know, many think will compete for a national championship. And you got a Nebraska team that just isn't very good. So, you know, in college football, 26 isn't even that, that much. I think they can, you know, they can blow them out. Absolutely blow them out. Uh, so I'll take, I'll take Ohio State as my lock of, of the week. But you know, I will got, say this going originally when I, when I saw the uh, initial lines that we, that, that we were given, Penn State really stood out to me, but with with no Journey Brown anymore, that I kind of backed off off my confidence level uh, with that Penn State Indiana game. So that's Agreed. that's another reason why I ended up going with with Illinois. But originally, I was like, oh wow, I mean, I definitely think Penn State can go into Indiana and win by a touchdown. But now without Journey Brown, that could be a little bit more difficult of a challenge. But I, we'll I got Indiana on that one, and I'm now seeing we're 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 split split on that one. So interesting. And I seem to share the same picks as. So yeah, if you do win on our picks, we'll take credit. But if, if you do not end up <laughs> winning your bets, can't say we can apologize and take the blame. But there you go. Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great confidence for our listeners there. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, with another episode of Wolverine Confidential next week. Enjoy the game and thanks for watching or listening. <laughs>